Welcome to Retro Wars, where each week me and a friend talk about the games we used to play back when we were kids. And this is episode 17, and we are talking Soul Calibur 2, which came out for the GameCube, the Xbox, and the PS2. This is the first multi-game platform thing I've done. I hope everyone's well. My name is Danny. I hope everyone's had a really good week. Here in Australia, it's just been absolutely pouring it down. I do sound a little bit croaky, and I do apologise for that. Uh, unfortunately, hiccups. My daughter picked up um, something from daycare, and it's unfortunately transferred to me. No, it's not the Rona. It's not that. It's just one of those things. I think we're getting the flus coming round. Hopefully, it's not that. Well, I suppose if it was the flu, I'd be absolutely crippled, but it's not that. So if I sound a little bit croaky, and I haven't got any water, so up until the news, this is going to sound like an absolute train wreck of a thing, but we'll get through it. So what we're going to be doing, my guest is Jake, Jake McCauley, and you can follow Jake McCauley on his YouTube, you can go to Jake McCauley, or if you can follow him on Twitter, which is the Dirt Wizard. Now, as usual, this is Jake, and when he comes on the show... It's stupidity all the way. Although we didn't mention Raging Clue this time, that's usually one of the things that we do. But we did have a good laugh. Although Jake, I think, was a bit obsessed with um, somebody's design choices. One particular character, there was a... Mm, I think he's a bit obsessed with one of the characters' design. I think this is when gaming went a little bit... Well, you can see where the Japanese have that influence and there's no way in the western world that would be allowed let's put it like that so what's been happening well i've been busy with work um keep me fully busy i've been going around the seas fighting sharks yes new south wales you get sharks there's also been an election i don't know if anyone saw that we have a new prime minister here in Australia. See, I liked it in the times when you could have um, in England, I don't know if you know, but wherever the Prime Minister has to stand, so for example, Boris Johnson, he would have, <laughs> when you see him being voted for, or going up for it, there's loads of other dickhead people who go up for it, like in literally fancy dress costumes, but there's a guy who appears every election called Lord Buckethead, and he's amazing. Lord Buckethead appears all over every election. He's there, and he's absolutely class, and he always gets a reference, and he always gets a thank you from that Prime Minister. So guarantee when we come to the next British election, you will see Lord Buckethead again, and he's an absolute hero. He really is. Right, enough of me dicking around. Let's just get rid of the plug, because I need to get rid of the plug, and then it's all done. If you want to support me, the best way you can do that is in those following ways. You can go on YouTube and go to the Honest Pokemon Trainer, and just basically subscribe. I'm nearly on 6,000 subscribers, which is really great. And basically, I do Pokemon challenges every few weeks. There will be a YouTube channel that will be suddenly dedicated to this Retro Wars. That will be coming out shortly, whenever I have the time to do it. If you follow, follow me on Twitter, you can do so on Wars underscore Retro. And if wherever you listen to this show... The best way you can do that, if you're listening to us on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, just give us a like, just give us a review, give us a five stars. It helps get up, up in that algorithm. Yes, the algorithm which no one seems to understand. But the best way you can support me, if you want to support me financially, if you've got a little bit of money like lying around in your wallet and you're thinking, oh shit, what can I do with this money? And you want to throw it my way? You can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash retro wars. And obviously you get stuff for your money. What do you get? Oh, I should actually say how much you should see. I've not even said how much it is. For $1.50, that's US. No, no. God, I'm all. Oh, this is the guitar five in the morning here. $1.50 Australian, 70p UK, and about a dollar US. What you get for your money? You could comment on the game that we're going to cover each week. So, for example, if we're covering Soul Calibur 2, you can give your memories and I'll speak them out on the show. You can write in and give letters each week, and there will be a letter section, although I've not thought of a name of that yet. Each week we'll have this letter section. You can communicate with me one-on-one. -on -one. You get access to a Discord where we can build our own little community. That's what I want to do. I want to build our own little community up and basically keep me away from the wife so I can dick around on my phone all the time. You have access to polls on future games on what we should be covering. But more importantly, you get access to a, your own show called DLC. Now, this is a Patreon-exclusive show, and this will be released every two weeks on a Friday. So, as a little 
sneak peek as I like to do, I'm going to show you what happened in the last episode of DLC, which is where I covered my favourite RPGs. Ah yes, Fire Emblem Awakening. Now, I had never really played the series before. It was really a series which was kind of stuck in Japan for a long time, and I don't think it was until this entry actually hit European or Western shores that really we all got on board. And I played the fuck out of this on my 3DS. I absolutely loved it. I got swept up with a lot of it. The story, the mixture of different units. It was a very hard game because I was getting used to the idea of permadeath. Because I'd played games like this before, like Final Fantasy Tactics or Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. And permadeath wasn't really a thing. It was here. So you could spend hours and ages getting used to the character. And one little wrong move and bang, there goes your character. They're dead. And that was DLC Episode 2, RPGs. As I said, that's a little Patreon-exclusive show. And the next one's coming out on Friday. Haven't really thought what I'm going to do yet, but I will think of a topic. Now, if you are new to the channel, new to the show, this kind of in two parts. We'll be going to the gaming section, so maybe come back in about 15 minutes. And then we will be able to go out with me and Jake will be doing Soul Calibur 2. Up until now, I like to cover what's been going on in the news. And we call the news section here Patch 7. So what has been going on this week in the gaming community? Well, it's not just gaming. I cover whatever I want. It's my fucking show. Shut up. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is not gaming related, but it is something I choose my heart. It's very close. Rick and Morty. I imagine if you follow this show, you probably watch Rick and Morty. They have just recently announced there is going to be a spin-off series of an anime series. It's going to be 10 episodes long. They've not said when it's going to be announced. It's going to be directed by Takashi Sano. If I've pronounced that incorrectly, I apologize. And the reason why they've done this... So previously, Takashi Sano has directed two spin-offs, which you can find on YouTube now, which is called Genocider and Summer Meets God, Rick Meets Evil. They amassed 10 million views on YouTube. So obviously, Adult Swim are going to go, uh, duh, we're going to do this. Because they are incredible. They are absolutely amazing. They are, and I love anime. I think anime is fantastic. It's one of the main things that I do. Like, wait until the new Bleach series comes out. I'm not going to shut up. But to mix it with... Rick and, Rick and Morty, it worked so well. Although Rick seems like a nicer guy in these episodes. But it's going to be really good. It's not actually... I don't know if it's going to be canon. It's just going to be its own little thing. But this is Rick and Morty. It doesn't have to be canon. It can be its own thing. This could be... It doesn't have to be Rick 137. It can be... It's, I think it's Rick 137? If I've got that right off the top of my head, I'm quite chuffed. But it doesn't have to be that Rick and Morty. It can be another Rick and Morty. It could be the own multiverse theory. We don't know. You wait and see. But talking about multiverse, see? See? I'm getting better at these little segues things. The multiverses game, which is the Warner Brothers version of Smash Brothers, has released a video trailer, and it was like the cinematic trailer, and I thought it was quite good, and it starts with Batman being in the Batcave, and he suddenly gets warped into this fantasy world, and then all of a sudden he's joined by Shaggy, and then on the other side of the field, you call it, you get this Pugs Bunny and Arya Stark, and it's brilliant, it, lo it was looks good fun, and you just think, what the f fuck is going on and it's great that they're all voiced by their their original characters so kevin conroy was doing batman and but what was weird about it because you had you know you had batman and shaggy on one side batman was the first one to throw the first attack against bugs bunny makes me think is that batman but batman throw the first strike but then again it's batman 
he can do what the fuck he wants. But what was great about it, someone threw, I can't remember if it was Arya or Bugs Bunny, threw something at Shaggy, and he suddenly went into his ultra instinct, which was great, because that's the whole thing about Shaggy. He's got, he's got his Super Saiyan ultra instinct stage, and the fact that they've done this, that they listen to the fans, they listen to what's going on the internet, was absolutely incredible. And there was, a, there was you got to see other characters, like people from Adventure Time, you got to see Taz made an appearance, and I don't think Taz has been originally seen he is going to be in the game there are others who have been leaked like Rick and Morty like Gandalf they'll be in the game as well but at the end of the trailer where everyone's like in a, that comedy thing punching the shit out of each other you saw Superman standing over and obviously Superman would just dick them all but then he's joined by the Iron Giant now you've not seen the Iron Giant it was an old car animated film back in the late 2000s and he's got this Superman S and it's like the feels and if you don't know what i'm on about you need to watch that film but it just worked so well it was brilliant and then yeah they dive in and that's when the series begins although i should always say when it comes to this i never realized at the time that the guy who does the voice for superman you that i am the voice of justice and blah blah blah, blah. he's the same guy who does Sephiroth, and it's like wow okay that's that's weird. Only he does it in the Final Fantasy VII Remake. He definitely does it in, like, Advent Children. It's like, hmm, that's weird. That's Superman. And it always just gets me when I see that. Um, what other... Well, talk about TV series. And that wasn't a good segue. Look, I'm still learning. It's still early in the morning. Halo TV. The Halo TV series has just wrapped season one. It's coming to an end. And there's been a lot of controversy when it comes to this. And not controversies in like people are, you know, it should be pulled off. It's just really the direction they've gone with Master Chief. So you've seen what he looks like. And recently, the spoiler, he's just had sex. I was like, um, that's nothing to do with Halo. And what's actually happened is that the creator, Marcus Leto, has come out and said, yeah, I'm not sure whether inspiration for the show comes from it's not the halo i made and again this is where people get a bit annoyed because you've got the source material there just follow the source material it's perfect trying to make something that you know and just slap on halo it won't work people don't the fact he took off his helmet people never wanted to see that He's never done it in all the games, or you've never seen his face. And the fact you've made him have sex, again, I'm not saying Master Chief wouldn't do that, but it's not something we saw in the games, and it's not pivotal to the story, not in my opinion. Master Chief having a love love thing is not it. There doesn't always have to be a love interest in these series. It really doesn't. This is Master Chief who just literally wants to destroy the Covenant, and then later on he wants to destroy the Halos. I don't understand why they have to go in that direction. So people just get pissed off, and I don't blame them. But talking about things I'm not going to get pissed off about, eh, see, getting there. Final Fantasy VII, it is coming up to the 25th anniversary, and they've announced Square Enix they're going to do some big announcements. They've not said what those announcements are going to be. Surely, in my opinion, it's got to be the announcement of the part two of the remake. Because we've had part one when it's been a while now. I say, wow, it's been two years. Are they making part two? Now, for those who don't know, part one took absolutely forever to come out. Are we going to be waiting that long again for part two? If it happens, it happens. As I said, I'm happy to wait. I have no problem waiting because you don't want to have another Overwatch. No, Overwatch. Cyberpunk situation. You don't want that. So I'm happy to wait for Square Enix to take their time and make sure they get this game right. Because part one was incredible. Part 1 was amazing, and I don't want them to balls this game. I said Final Fantasy 7 is my favourite game of all time. So take your time, and let's see what you're going to do. If they do announce that, I don't think that's going to be the only thing. Surely there'll be more things. Like, I know they've got that mobile game, which is like that, well, that Fortnite-esque shooter, which I've never played. doesn't interest me. But again, it might interest certain people. So it'll be interesting to see what else they're going to do. Give it, you know, Because Final Fantasy 7 is their biggest property. And it'll be interesting to see what else they've got to do. Maybe new books, maybe new anime, maybe new film. I don't know. All up in the air. Nothing's been leaked at this moment. Now, for those who are listening today, you've probably got hours left to download anything from the from the Nintendo shop for the 3DS and the Wii U. Yes, yes, it's all ending. 
I know they eventually have to end at some point, but basically those consoles, you can will soon after, probably in a few hours' time, you will no longer be able to download any games off their shop, and you'll only have to now buy these games probably secondhand, because, well, maybe 3DS might be alright. No, actually, no, you won't. It'll all be secondhand. Everything will have to be secondhand from now on, because Nintendo aren't going to support you. And I understand, I've made this reference before, that they can't support everything forever, I just wish that these games were then released for the Switch. I don't understand why they can't be ported there, especially at the Wii U. I can't understand why it can't go there. The 3DS, that's obviously a bit different because it's got two screens. I don't know how they'd accommodate that. But why not have like the, the Switch, or sorry, the Wii U, or Wii games, or any other old consoles that can be patched? Why can't they go to the Switch? It's got the capability to play it. It's got the strength to do so. I just don't understand why Nintendo do this. But Nintendo are Nintendo, and they make billions. They've got their reasons for it. As I said, I've often compared this to a cow, because they'll literally just milk drippers from the nipple, and we will just suck on that tea all day long for new stuff, because we're idiots. We're literally, anything Nintendo release, we want it. It's like a drug. Stupid Nintendo, that's all they want to do. And well, that's right, they've got one more bit of stories, and for me, I think this is the best bit of stories a few years ago, if you didn't know, Sonic the Hedgehog, and yes, we are talking Sonic the Hedgehog movie, the first trailer was released. And people were terrified because they saw the poster, and they saw the poster and were like, ooh, that don't look good. We don't know what he looks like. We can see an outline, but he don't look good. And eventually the first trailer hit, and everybody was fucking horrified. It was disgusting absolutely shocking and then the tale went the internet basically got on board paramount said we'll give it more time and then they redesigned sonic into what he is now and they've made it such a success however that's not the end of what we should call ugly sonic as recently there is a new chip and dale movie that has come out and it's literally going to be as close to roger who framed roger rabbit that's an old film if you're new and you haven't listened to that one and what it is, is so Chip and Dale are at a, looks like a comic con sort of thing. And who is selling his own merchandise and has his own stall? Ugly Sonic. He's there selling posters. He's got a dad bod. It looks incredible. He is posters behind him. He's signing autographs. And the fact he's in this game, so in this film, is amazing. Like, fair play to Disney for doing this, because that was a Paramount character, remember, it was in the Paramount trailer, so they owned it, and they've managed to bring it to a Disney film, although it's Disney, Disney have the money to do whatever they want, but to see it looks absolutely incredible, I'm actually going to play the audio from a little bit of it. Yeah, Dale, I'm going to be up on that stage too, right beside you, not like me for who I am, not like last time when the internet got one look at my human teeth and burned the place down. Okay, let's see here. Best wishes, Ugly Sonic. There you go, kid. They're laughing at me. I know that. You can't hurt my feelings if I'm in on the joke. Anyway. Now my luck has shifted. I've been offered a new reality show where I do ride-alongs with the FBI. It's called... Ugly Sonic, uglier crimes. Is that really? so difficult to believe? Uh... And it's great. They're in on the joke. Ugly Sonic's in on the joke. And it kind of makes you think, holy shit. Imagine, oh, imagine if that was the Sonic we got. Like, ugh. Like, fair enough, it was the right decision. But, ugh, it would have been shocking. But the good thing from this, and I think what's happened with the internet, is we've all gone... Or, okay, we don't mind Ugly Sonic. Because he's actually got a pivotal role in this film near the end. Spoiler. But I don't mind him. I want to see Ugly Sonic again. I'm not saying I want to see him in the main Sonic films. No, that would be disgraceful. But I want to see Ugly Sonic again. I honestly think they've done a great job with characterising him here. He now exists as a Disney property, Paramount property. How fucking funny would it be if he appeared in the MCU? That's not too much. This is fucking Disney. Multiverse, he could appear. But why not have Ugly Sonic? I honestly now think if they did something with him, like they, say if they made a movie about Ugly Sonic, it would fucking work. It'd be a piss take. They know what it is. He's not trying to save the world. He's just trying to exist. It would work. People would go see Ugly Sonic. I guarantee if they did, if they put that out now they would make a film, and I, I, 
I really think we might see it. I think Paramount might have seen how much love this is getting because they're not stupid. They'll be watching YouTube. They'll be following Twitter. I really do think we're going to get an ugly Sonic movie and it'll be kind of like a Ricky Gervais film when he did the Office spin-off. I think it's going to be like that. He won't be... He can't run. He's openly admitted he's not fast. That's Sonic's thing. He admits that. I really think we're going to see it. Now, that is the news, and it was a bit of, bit of fun. But I should actually say... Hang on. Let me just let me just flip my paper. This is how organized I am. I don't have it on a laptop. I just have paper. There we go. Organized. So that was the news. Uh, and I said I try and cover up everything that's going... Cover up? Bloody hell, cover up. Who do I sound like? I'm not the presidents. I'm not countries. I'm not governments. I try and cover as best I can. I can't cover everything because we've been here all day. Now, before we get into the game, there is just one last segment which I've newly introduced. Now, this is a Patreon-exclusive little game for those who want to play, and it's called Revive or Die. Now, what this is, Revive or Die, is I, every week I will be looking at a character, a franchise, a mechanic, or something in the past that we haven't seen for a while, and I'll be wanting to ask everybody else, should we bring it back and revive it, or should we leave it to die? Now, as you heard, Navi was the first one that came forward, because I can't stand the little thing. So, uh, for now, until we get Patreon-exclusive members, we will be using Navi. So, what basically, when people in Patreon start going, I will be sending it out, and you can basically vote on Patreon. Put your comments in on what you think it's going to be. Do you like Navi or not? Do you want to see her come back? And then each week I will change it. I will make it something new. But until then, until we start getting some Patreon members and people who want to play the game, it'll just remain as Navi. Right, it's time to get into the main game itself, Soul Calibur 2. I did play this a lot. I was a glutton, as you'll find out, for what happened with Pat Marketing is the moment I saw Link was going to be on this game. I played it. Now, I did play the... I didn't play Soul Calibur 1 because that was a Dreamcast exclusive, but I did play Soul Blade, which was out for the PlayStation and loved the shit out of this. So I knew I was going to love Soul Calibur 2. I think I went and got it day one. I think it was one of those day one purchases, and I played the fook out of it because I just played Link. That's all I did. And I did eventually... Because my character Rock wasn't in there. I was like, ugh. Rock's not in there, that's a bit shit. Really thoroughly enjoyed this game, and I know my guest Jake, he really enjoys this game as you're going to get into. So I'm just going to put some music on. And when we come back, me and Jake are going to be talking about Soul Calibur 2, which came out for the GameCube, the PS2, and the Xbox in Europe in September the 26th, 2003. Fuck me, I'm old. Now, you know when you start podcasts, you're meant to be coming on going, oh, look how energized we are. Look how excited we are. That's not the case for today, is it, Jake? It's really not. No. It's like five in the morning for you. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's it's not even that late here, but I'm just like a fat man who's just started working out. So you're obviously going to be very low energy when you're well, working out. We've just been talking off air and... You were saying about how you're going swimming in the morning and that's, or you'll go swimming in the sea, and that just scares the shit out of me, to be honest. It's probably, you know, actually, I guess there's nothing dangerous in the English waters. I mean, you might get eaten by a basking shark. You know? <laughs> it'd, be it'd be really hard for you to do it because it'd have to like get you like a sort of like a worm or something. Yeah, like someone, a snake. Someone did die in our waters um, a few months ago. I mean, at this point, I would. I would welcome it. So I'm like, that's like the, the element of danger is what's, what's nice about it. I'm like, oh, I could die at some point. That'd be nice. <laughs> End this misery and pain. What a great way to start a podcast. <laughs> what a great way to start the podcast. Everyone's probably listened to this with joy in their hearts and looking forward to Send a them conversation. Us. And then there's just us two talking about death in the water. Yeah, we, I want to get killed by like a giant squid. That'd be nice. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't end like a, a, a hentai, though. Oh, oh, oh. I don't want that. That would not be fun. I don't want to get by a squid. No, they, um, 
Yeah, this is. He's going to tell me some story. There was a guy in Australia, and uh, well, he got murdered by a squid. No, unfortunately, never happened. But yeah, in in, in Japan, anime—that's the standard. That's the standard thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And as the thing we're talking about today is a very that was that was very smooth. Yo, this is my smooth segue. Yes, we are talking finally, as we keep ranting on. We are talking about Soul Calibur Two, which came out for multiple consoles, and you had the Xbox version. Two thousand two. Jeez, you had the Xbox. Oh wait, oh developed. Sorry, sorry, two thousand three. Oh no, the arcade was two thousand two. Oh, stop giving me duff information. Terrible. Oh yeah, no. With with figures, some might ask, why are we skipping Soul Calibur, the first one? Yes. And that would be because it was on Dreamcast and no one had a Dreamcast but nerds. No, I had one mate. Are you a nerd? No, no. my mate Tom, <laughs> I, was I did not. Well, I'm a nerd, but my mate yeah. Tom was the only one who had it. and But he had a Dreamcast, but he didn't have Soul Calibur. Yeah, but it was only ever released for that console. And I was like, oh, that's a bit of shit. But I think, I think a, a good thing to start this conversation about this game with would be to talk about the one that we all did play, which was, uh, I guess it would be Soul Blade for POW. And then Soul Edge for the rest of the world? Yes. Did you, did you play I, that one? I did. And it was on, um, I talked about it briefly in on DLC, um, how it was yeah. one of my favorite um, fighting games growing up. Because I loved Soul Blade. I thought that was ace. That was one of my, that was probably one of my favorite. Oh, I think when I did my top 25 PS1 games video, I think that was like 10th or something, or maybe in the top 12. I think something well, like that. We'll have to cover that at some point, surely. Surely. I, I don't know if I've got enough to say about it. Like, the figure, well, I guess I do. I've got loads of memories of it. Because I like, uh, used to play with my sister uh, quite a lot. And uh, I just like, because my sister died when I was quite young. And that's like one of my big memories, like, was playing Soul Blade and Crash Bandicoot with her. So it's like always got nice, happy nice pos- memories of Soul Blade. Nice, happy memories. Played Sega Saturn as well. <laughs> oh, damn yeah, the Sega Saturn and a and a PS One, and we used to always play, you know, like Clockwork Night, Night into Dreams, and Soul Blade. Nights, oh my god, Nights, Nights into hell. Dreams. That Clockwork like- Night, that Clockwork Night, I love that fucking. I wish I could have a Saturn, but it's so expensive. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? With modern day retro consoles or trying to get retro consoles, it's just so expensive. Like people think an N sixty four is like the most expensive thing ever. It's like it's not. Not it's that quite good. reasonable. Some of them, like the big ones, are expensive. But like my with my N64 character, I've got all the big ones I want. Well, I got them when they were cheap, but now it's like fucking Pokemon Stadium Two is like like hundred pounds. What? Like, just for the cartridge? I've got it. I bought it for 50, 40 quid ages ago. I'm never selling that. No, stop. I mean, I I sell all my worldly possessions for rent all the time, but I'm never selling my Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, never sell that. What makes me wonder then? I'm I'm currently in my hand holding. My brother got me um, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask on the N64, but Japanese versions, which makes me think, how much did he pay for them? Probably slightly cheap. But then it's also like the... Uh, I hate to say this, you know, we, we shouldn't be saying this as English people, but the, the NTSC versions are off superior because yeah. they run a better. Like, the fucking... I can't play the N64 versions of uh, Zelda because... It runs at 13 frames a second, and it looks like someone smeared Vaseline all over the fucking TV. I love those games, but I, I was like, how the fuck did we put up with this? 13 frames a second. It's crazy. I think so, it's about 13. So bad, isn't it? Oh, It's crazy. Like, you see these PC stops moaning about, like, 30 being bad, but fucking, like, a big release that sold millions ran at 13 in power territories. I think it was, like, 20 in America. They had it slightly better. Yeah, but that's the thing. Technology wasn't what it was. Like now, it looked crystal crisp, like so crisp it could smack you with a dick in the face. But that wasn't exactly. the case back then. Yeah, but the see the one amazing thing about the whole the whole Soul Calibur series, like Soul Edge uh, included, the graphics on these games, like Namco. The weird thing is, like we I forgot that this game was made by Namco. And we're talking about two fighting games that like defined the genre at different periods that are made by the same company. Correct, that being Tekken. Tekken 3, which we talked about. And they did the same thing with this game because it was like Tekken 3 completely defined the whole that whole era. Like when you know, like they had the first wave of fighting games, which was like Street Fighter in 91. Mm-hmm. And then there was just every fucking year, like Capcom was pumping out all these bloody like they had like three, four games a year, and it just got so oversaturated. Yeah. And like with all these 2D fighting games, and then bam, Tekken 3 comes out, completely redefines the whole genre. I mean, it took the sort of the formula of virtual was it virtual fighter virtual fighter crap. yeah oh god well not yeah. crap it was good at the time but 
Uh, moon jumping and all that crap. I mean, the first Tekken was terrible. Oh, like, don't start the pile of shit. But then they they did it again, like because like after Tekken three, there was a big sort of boom. But then like when it went into the sort of PS two era, like a couple of years before this game came out, like there were, there wasn't many good fighting games coming out. There was like they had Tekken, that was about it. The only like big fighting game coming out. No, maybe Marvel really vs Capcom. Street Fighter weren't you know Capcom weren't there at that stage with the 3D. They'd failed and they, they gave up the- and moved moved on to like Resi and like more survival horror stuff. Yeah, and the, what there really wasn't like, but the Soul Calibur games, like I've been watching. I played the GameCube version, and you had the Xbox version. No, no, I had the GameCube one. Did you have both? No, no, I just had the GameCube one. I have the Xbox one. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you first. Which one did you have? But yeah, Obviously- oh, GameCube. I, I I cheaped out. Obviously, I went for Link. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, like I was crazy. Like how. Like there was a really that was a really cool thing where they had a different character for each uh, version of the game, I and mean, we should probably tell them what we're talking about. But yeah, yeah. So every if you don't know, basically the the game was released on the GameCube, the Xbox, and the PS2. So if you had the the GameCube version, you got Link from the Legend of Zelda series. If you had the PlayStation version, you got Hihachi from Tekken, <laughs> and if you got Xbox, you got Spawn. Um, that's so bad so the ps2 i actually read uh somewhere that originally it was meant to be cloud how good would that have been you would have creamed in your pants i would have absolutely creamed in my pants if cloud and it didn't it. work out and they end up with like like it's high actually like i like i love Tekken. obviously it's one of my favorites but it's like you could have at least picked someone who had a weapon i know yoshimitsu is already in the game but we'll get into that but yeah. like i actually doesn't have a weapon no he doesn't it's a game about weapons so that's the that's the whole the whole thing with this game is you can use you use weapons. That's what makes Soul Calibur Soul Calibur is you have your weapon. To have Ihachi with no weapons, just freaking stupid. Makes no sense. Like that's one thing that used to always make me laugh about like the whole series. It's like they've like what are they using to hit each other with? Like LARP swords or something. What LARP? Like, no, <laughs> LARP swords, you know, they're like using are they using, you know, like the swords that like nerds use to go do live action role playing oh yeah because i suppose when are you... they using them like nerf swords or something yeah because if you hit in real life if you were to make one <laughs> attack with one of these weapons you'd like cut the leg off yeah you'd think they'd go in a like a, a mortal combat direction have a bit of blood coming out or something but they don't but the um yeah that that used to always make me laugh about these games just like they just that would chop someone in fucking half if you actually did it oh yeah some of these like i think it was rock back in the the playstation one game that was my that was my main that was my main and you could basically just literally if any of his attacks ever hit you you'll you'd lose a limb you'd lose your head you'd die a blood loss but not in gaming never in gaming i mean there was uh what was that game called on ps1 where they actually kind of did that was it? Uh, was it Bushido Blade? Yeah, it was Bushido Blade. Where Jesus you could get basically, Christ, if, you yeah. get, if you get hit twice, you you die. Like I did a video ages ago on PS One fighting games with uh, my my friend uh, Rogo, and he did that game actually, and it, it looked like a weird ass game. Like literally, you take two hits and you die. It's like if you did make it realistic, it would be crap. I guess would be the point, right? Well, yeah, because it'd be over. It'd be over really quickly in most things. But I think they tried to make some sense of realism because you actually had a block button, which I thought was really good. And use your weapon to block, which I thought was really yeah. cool. Because usually in fighting games, I actually don't like a button block generally. I always like holding back because I think yeah. it feels a bit more natural. But like as I was playing Soul Calibur, uh, Soul Calibur 2, it's just like, yeah, it just feels it feels really natural. And my yeah. A button's broke on my Xbox controller. But yeah, the, the different versions. <laughs> Yeah, we talk about different versions, but yeah, I actually, yeah, the PS2 people got skimped out. Obviously, Link, and Link is actually really good in the game as well. Well, that's the thing is like, that was as soon as they put Link on the box art, they knew they'd won because I was thinking about this um, first thing this morning, earlier on this morning when I was in bed. I was like, I can't think of many other crossover games at that time where you had guest characters in fighting games. I really can't think not like that. You, you obviously had Marvel versus Capcom and all that, but none where it was just like a fighting game, but they just plonked a character in. I don't think they really... There was one game, right? You'll, you'll enjoy this little bit of weird trivia. I can't remember. I think it's called Megamix Fighters or something on the Sega Saturn. And uh, as an unlockable character, if you lose the first battle in the arcade mode, you unlock the Ridge Racer car and it fights. <laughs> <laughs> that was one game. 
where they had a random. <laughs> it's a fucking car, know? and it just it like nudges forward to hit people. I was gonna say I pick the Amazing. car. Car users run over game warden. Yeah, that's how you just whip. Yeah, but it, the, the literally it was like a transformer. It sort of tipped on the back of its like bumper, and it just sort of hits. You. Oh, for fuck's sake, that would look. Oh my god, it was really retarded. I think I it might have actually. I think it might have been an arcade only game. Could you imagine that? The guest character, the Ridge Racer car. Like, what the it fuck? was such an icon. Well, as we said last time, that was the first PS1 game. It well, it was. It was the first PS1 game. So well, yeah, power have it I'm like not that. Sure. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and then Xbox actually. I actually played Spawn. Uh, yeah, they had Spawn, and actually Todd McFarlane had like he had a little bit to do with this game because he made a character as well. No, Necrid. Necrid, yeah, that was so that was console. I was all three, all three consoles got Necrid, but he was a bit shit. I was, actually, I was quite enjoying him. I was playing a bit of him. Well, see, I that's the like thing. Kicks. I was I was so ingrained by the Nintendo lore and the fact I got to play Link. My little yeah. childhood brain couldn't handle this shit, and I instantly went to mummy, 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 mummy. And Mama Splinter went out and got this game for me. And I played the shit out of Link. I only ever think I ever used Link, Nightmare, and Sofa Tia. Yeah. And that was it. Oh, yeah, I used Nightmare as well. And that <laughs> I was, was going to talk about that in a minute. Like, a, a, like, Nightmare is a bit like... But it's like, yeah, but the Spawn was uh, really shit, yeah. Like, the, it, the other two consoles got really fucked up. Like, yeah, I played Spawn for the first time. I was like, yeah, he, he's basically Necrid, but he's actually yeah, worse. Yeah, it was, it was a shame with Spawn, because he hasn't got his cape. No. And it was a bit of a letdown, I think, because you, you. I actually like Spawn. I, I, I like Spawn. Ah, yeah. oh, sucks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I think the thing about this game is what made it. Need to burp there for a second, because I'm drinking the cider and it's very fizzy. Nice. I have uh, the trop, the trop, mixed fruit tropical Copperberg. It's very, very nice. Ooh. And full of sugar. It's waking me up a bit. <laughs> but yeah, um, the thing that made this game so good, like it came, this game, like just was a sensation when it came out. It came in like a splash. Everyone I knew had it. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was like, because every fighting game before this fighting game, like there were some games that tried to do things differently. But this one, the, the main strength of this game was the weapon master mode, which yes. is really fucking amazing. Like, but what, what some people might not understand is like, obviously it is a very common thing now for a fighting game to have a proper story mode with, you know, like actual single player proper content. But before Soul Calibur 2, I think I know of maybe two games that did anything substantial. Like, uh, Total number one, if you remember that game. Nope. Uh, it was included. The only reason people bought it, it was a, a Square Enix fighting game. Oh, was right? it? it? It was actually quite good. I really like it. And um, and uh, Akira Toyama designed all the characters. Oh, I'm finding that then. I'm going yeah. hunting for that. <laughs> it's a really cheap game as well, because um, it's not. it wasn't that big. But the only reason it sold really well is because uh, it came with a Final Fantasy VIII demo. Oh, you're in then, aren't you? As long as you've got Final yeah. Fantasy VIII anywhere near it. Bye, 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 yeah. bye, bye. But that game was really weird because it had like a proper in-depth grappling system. But that game, like, that game had a proper, like, it was like a, like an RPG, like, mode, like a main story mode where you go through dungeons, but you're using the in-game fighting engine to, like, get through dungeons to unlock all the other boss characters and stuff. And there's, like, bread. Cool. It, it's a bit clunky, but, like, to go back to, but it's, like, a really interesting idea. And then they had a sequel which only got released in Japan, which was great, which I covered before. And um, that one, they basically did the same thing, but they mixed it with Pokemon. Oh, so all the enemies... Winner. Like all, yeah, all the enemies that... Um, like in the other one, they had loads of just random like enemies that you fought, like, you know, that were like, you couldn't play as them. But in this one, you can catch the enemies and then you can play them in the, the versus mode and you can get like 280 of them. There's like random shit like, oh, look, there's a giant rabbit. Or there's a fucking there's a bear. <laughs> it's absolutely insane, and they all suck. They all have their own moon set move sets, but it's like awful. But they actually tried to make makes two hundred eighty characters. Jesus, and we want it's more not, than fighting games. I think it might. I should look it up because I think it actually does have the record for most fighting game characters. How many, like did, how many did we get in this insane. one? Uh, I think. Oh shit! I have it open. I should look. Is it twenty? <laughs> there was quite a lot, and there's like most of them are old characters as well. Wait, wait, I got, I got to look up this fact because it's good. Oh, it's 200. Yeah, it was 200 playable characters. That's stupid. That's stupid. It's insane. And they're all terrible, but yeah. But anyway, that was probably, and uh, maybe what, Rival Schools had a kind of story mode, kind of? Yeah. I guess, and Bloody Raw, but Bloody Raw did, but it, again, it was very rudimentary. There wasn't much to it. It was just battles strung together with visual novel scenes. This game had the Weapon Master mode, which is like the main probably the the main single player selling point and it was it was amazing it was like 
I mean, it was basically just a bunch of challenges strung together. Yeah, but- it was. It was challenges like, you know, your health's con- continuously going down or if you get hit in one hit, it's over, which is really good. And some of them are really difficult. Some, yeah, I was, yeah, to, today I was just replaying it just to get my memory back about the game. And some of the challenges are absolutely, like, infuriating. Like, I've told you in the, the Tekken 3 uh, podcast, it, fighting games just unleash this fury in my soul that I didn't know was there anymore. And I just get <laughs> so angry. Oh, and there's this one mission on early on where you've got to beat, like, five people in 20 seconds each. And, like, yeah. you've got to do it. Yeah, and it, oh, my God, it did my bloody head in. And then I realized you can just pretty much cheese the whole game with Nightmare because he's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, his his range. So if you don't know, Nightmare has a huge sword, like massive. He's the one of the biggest characters and his range and power is ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say. But when this came out, fucking like this game for fighting games then, like there was no fighting games getting good review scores in 2003, really. Not really. And this came out and it was getting like rave reviews everywhere. Everywhere had it. It was one of those games. Like, do you remember when this came out? Like playing it with all your friends, like because everyone had it at the time. Well, not for me. I was one of the only ones who actually had it. I was one of the only ones who had this game. I remember at my school, like all of my my group of friends, we all we all used to play fighting games together. And uh, yeah, Soul Calibur 2, we we used to we used to play this so much. And I used to always annoy my friend with uh, just playing Nightmare and just he'd go, Oh, that's cheating. He's like, because I know it's in the game, so I know. Yeah, I don't look. Someone says that because you you beat them. No, you're cheating. You're cheating. I was like, no, fuck. I get good. Yeah. If it's if it's in the game, you could use it. Yeah, it's the worst. The the worst some comp like cheesy things, and that was to do with your soul gauge and stuff like that. But yeah. none of the actual moves of the characters were actually broken because this, they, you know, you can play this at tournament level. Again, it's like Tekken, Tekken 3, yeah. and it still holds up. And the tech, you know, those characters are quite reasonably balanced. They got praised yeah. in the fighting game community of how balanced the characters are. It's really good. Like, literally, it's, um, it's one of those games where pretty much I would play as pretty much any of the characters, like, and I wouldn't have a bad time. There's no, maybe... you know, I agree with that. I do yeah. agree with that. You'd have a good time with, well, apart from what's the one who rolls around, is it Voldo? Actually, I like playing Voldo because it's funny. Like, <laughs> Jesus. He just literally some of the rolls women around. Characters. like, no, you're a dick. You are This a... is going to sound sexist, but yeah, some of the women characters are a bit, like, some of them are a bit forgettable. Like that Yang Hu girl, she's a bit forgettable. Oh, and yeah. Some of them Shao, are a bit There's like a couple of women characters. I know that sounds bad, but I mean, they're just really, I'm like, not memorable but then there's a women character that are memorable you know, oh like, uh, so you messaged me and yeah, said i want yeah. to do this game because of ivy that's who you wanted mm, to talk mm. about yeah about her big mummy milkers she that they are <laughs> like i know get it's japan and game they're ridiculous and they thank god this game came from japan man or they would have got rid of these boobs a long time ago i mean it's right i want to talk about i want to get real for a second here right like everyone goes on about her tits right all the time Oh, oh, right, I'll admit, lovely pair of tits, okay? But I think one underrated element of Ivy is her really nice ass. <laughs> it's it's very underrated ass. I mean, I'm not more of an ass man. I, I quite like a midriff, nice midriff, but personally, because I'm a freak. Uh, but um, yeah, like, you know, her ass is always out. It's very nice ass. I, I, I Actually, thought you were going to talk about you know, her character and how no, strong I like the white hair. Is. That's kind of cool. And she's got a big ass whip. Nah, tits and ass. That's pretty sexy as well. Yeah, a bit dominatrixy. I'm not really into that, but yeah, yeah she did have that look, didn't she? That was, I <laughs> think, yeah. that was one of the main selling points. Like her, when her tits, she yeah. around in Soul Calibur. <laughs> and what did you say then? Is that one of her main selling points? Yeah, was her tits, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she had two modes on the sword. Yeah, but no, obviously there's tacky as well, or comparable. Yeah, there was size. tacky. But the, the thing is, like, and then they pushed Ivy when Soul Calibur came out. She was front and center of a lot of the promotion work for that. Um, you can see why. I think, figure, I, actually, I swear I vaguely remember people moaning about her being too um, scantily clad at the time. But and then you think, if this game came out, if Ivy was a character that came out in like 2010, do you think how the fervor would be? Nah, they would, they would, they would, they would, they would, every Kotaku article would be. <laughs> Every this woman is too damn sexy. <laughs> yeah, reduce her sexiness. Women aren't that sexy. Women can be that sexy. They can be that. And then, like, because she's sexy, you want to play as her. 
It sells the game. That's how it works sometimes. I mean, and why do you think people play main Chung Lee in Street Fighter? <laughs> if you wow, watch, yeah, I've been watching. Uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Justin Wong lately, like the the get the fighting game guy, and um, oh, he's that guy from the famous clip who's playing as Chung Lee. Uh, you know, the really old one where he yeah, wins. Yeah, with Ken. With no health. Yeah, him and Ken, isn't it? And he comes back and wins or something, isn't it? He does. He comes back and wins because he literally um, what well, not parries every one of her special kicks and then comes back with his own. Oh, no, that's it. Diego Parry, isn't it? Yeah, he gets beat by that guy. He does. That's the one. That's but what, he... anyway. But I was watching him playing Third Strike. And in that game, Jesus Christ, they ivy, ivied her ass. In yeah, Chun-Li does special, have, like, like, really... And I think that's, that's the thing with video game characters. I think you have to be very careful because you want to try yeah. and, you know, you have to make your characters look good-looking. But then same same time, you don't want to make it too dead or alive, basically. But that, that yeah, you don't want to go too far. You don't want to go too far. And then Dead Alive, there are some games, like Dead Alive actually animated the boobs. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's a bit too far. I was about to say, it's too much. It, it, they should be, I love that we're having a discussion about this. This is the kind of podcast, the kind of highbrow conversation you get, but I love that they're just incidentally attractive women. Yeah. It's not, they, it's not the selling point at the end. They're just, she's just hot. It's just, it's just a hot character. And I, again, that's not the selling point because this game was very, very good. And you mentioned actually with... Um, Ivy had a whip and a sword at the same time. But one cool thing about this game was that you had the ability to change your weapon, which I thought was really cool. That was one really cool thing about the um, about the weapon master mode because um, oh, we didn't even finish. We we always get sidetracked. That's just how this uh, we always this get sidetracked. Go. Yeah, but the the weapon master mode is the, the some of the really cool things about that were like you know the where you got the different weapons and they actually showed up on your character, which. I always hate that in RPGs where you get equipment and it doesn't show up and it doesn't feel like you've got the equipment. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it, a number buff. But in this, even in this game, buff. it's not an RPG, but you, they have different weapons in the hand and you can get stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, every character had a stupid weapon. Um, so Link had a net that he used to catch fairies with. That was uh, his stupid that weapon. But they, they, all the weapons had like their own advantages, disadvantages. And so like there was Link, Link, like they went really into Link. So we had like the big Goron sword, the mirror shield, and they really made a good effort with it. But like the, the big Goron sword had a big reach, but it used energy to use. And every character had um, kind of like a, an amazing weapon. They had a standard weapon, which was just basic. But by the end of the game, you had the, um, the soul edge. So it was like, imagine like your, your, your sword is alive. But that was a really powerful weapon, but it would take your health gradually as the battle went on. But then they had the Soul Calibur version, which was like the good sword. But Link didn't have that. He had the Great Fairy Sword. That was yeah, his ultimate like, weapon. That's the whole point of the Weapon Master mode. You're trying to get the uh, the Soul the Soul uh, Edge, isn't it? No, Soul Edge is a bad one. The Soul Edge is the evil. Which is the sword. one that Nightmare has. Which is the, well in this game, the story is that basically the Soul Edge got um, smashed. And Nightmare right. is on the hunt to try and get all the pieces to bring them back again. That's his right. whole thing, because it was smashed by the Soul Calibur, which was the good sword. Right, yeah, because he was um, Siegfried in the first game. He was Siegfried and, in the first game, yeah. and the swords were held at the time by the Captain Cervantes. He had the swords. Oh, yeah, um, and he turned into Inferno and all that. He all turned that into stuff. Inferno, and Inferno is kind of essentially the spirit of the bad sword. Of the soul, he's in this game. He is in this game. Yes, he is the final boss. And the thing is, like, yeah, the whole thing with Weapon Master is is you basically on a hunt to try and get everyone's weapons. Um, it takes a while. You said you got a lot of characters to get through. I was trying to rush through it because I just wanted to just like you know get a feel of it again. And I was I did about four hours and I barely got anywhere. I think I got about halfway through. So it's got even if you because that's the the cool thing about the Weapon Master mode, which we didn't say was like that. There's actually a story. Mm. It's it's all text, which is kind of which feels like a bit of a, a cop out, which is could kind of be seen as a negative. But it was good at the time, and but because you've got to read it all, it kind of like it kind of feels like you're doing like a D and D campaign or, or like one of those yeah. choose your own adventure books. I kind of like it because it puts your character, in, even though it's kind of stupid because every battle is with the same people, but they just got different names. But they did their best. I mean, for the time, it was phenomenal. For the time, it games, was. It weren't was, doing anything like this. No, for the time, it was absolutely phenomenal. 
I, I, I really put my hand up to them because they could have just done the arcade mode and just left it as that. But they didn't. Yeah. They really tried to make a game that was in-depth, that was challenging. And, you know, they wanted to make sure that single player was a worthy thing because with most fighting games, you, you know, the whole thing is, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's against your friends, against people in the street. But they wanted to make the single player good. And they literally, they, it seems like they focused on the gameplay first, get that down. And they said, right, we've got a really good game here. We've got it all sorted. Let's mm. focus on the one player mode, which a lot of get, games are really criminally bad at not giving the one player mode what it deserves. But they did with this. I feel like, like this game is basically the start of fighting games actually having substantial single player content. Like this, if you didn't have this game, you wouldn't have like Mortal Kombat 9 having that really good story mode. No, I agree with that. I think like Mortal Kombat did try and have their own story in the background, but it was never really, it was kind of, you'd have to go to go digging off the game to go find it. And yeah, but you this one, they put it, it in the game. They put it in the game. But this time they put it in the game. So I think, yeah, I agree. They they, they made an effort. And as the Soul Calibers went on for three, four, five, they just expanded upon that even more. And I do think that Namco had done a really good job with this. Very good job. I said it was a very balanced game. Um, every character had a good go. But what I always thought was quite funny is that, you know, you can say you can cheese things with moves, but you mm. could cheese things by just staying by the edge of, edge of the ring and you could just whack them out. And that was the end that, of that. That was one thing I was going to say. Maybe we should talk a bit like what we like and what we don't like about the um, the fighting system in this game. Because it, it, it does feel like Tekken with weapons in many ways because you can sidestep and stuff. But it's, it's quite unique because it's literally just horizontal and vertical cuts and then kicks and punches like as buttons and then a block button and you can parry as well and it's like it gives it a really unique feel because it's like if you're going for horizontals you could just move out of the way and then hit them yeah or like if they're going vertical when they're trying to do that you go vertical and stuff it gives it sort of a, a nice feel and then also because you've got into the mix that virtual fighter dna of getting ring outs which was actually in that total game i was talking about as well <laughs> But yeah, like ring outs, it gives it that sort of, um, I don't know, just makes it feel a bit more dangerous. Like you could lose at any point on the right. And I was saying, yeah, you could map. lose at any moment. All it takes is one kick or one yeah. big strike and you're out. You're out the like, right. Even could... if you're winning, even if you're dominating. Yeah. I had it when I was playing the, the weapon master mode. Like I literally had battles where I had like fuck all health. I was getting absolutely bad. And then they had full health and I just got off a good kick and they went, off they go. Yeah. And you feel like, yeah. Oh, dude, that the, the best feeling in this game is when you uh you get a KO and they and as you knock them off or something and and there's like levels of water and stuff. That was always my favorite where you like kick people into the water. It's so satisfying. Hey, oh, but you know, can you imagine the amount of arguments that would have happened if you had one mate who was just being that dickhead who would always just wait for you and get a quick ring out? You're like, you're you're a prick. You're an you could over, you prick. could you you could really just do that, like aggro someone off to the edge, really easy. <laughs> You, you could, I think Link was a bit harder to do that with because Link had a bow, unlike most yeah. characters. Link had a bow and bombs you could throw, which was amazing. Yeah, that, yeah, that, like, that was probably one of the, the funnest bits of the game. Like, the, sometimes I guess there's a lot of levels though, so it's not always going to be a factor depending on what level. But that, that was a good thing about Weapon Master mode because that was one thing we talked about in the Tekken 3 episode. How this is another thing that fighting games used to do where you just have, um, do arcade mode over and over again. That's how you'd unlock the characters. But in yeah. this, you unlock the characters as you go through the, the weapon master. So you have to go in the weapon master mode to unlock all the, the other characters like uh, Cervantes and Sofitia and whatever that, Salming and all that. Yeah, you have and to. And Yoshimitsu as well. Yeah, you have to go through. But yeah, it makes it, it's 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 fun to collect the characters. Like, yeah. So we were I, saying, we, we hate our new fighting games where you don't have to unlock the characters. Like how shit was it in Smash Brothers on the Wii U where they were just unlocked? Well, you didn't have yeah. to unlock any of them. That was shy. I because I love that's one of my favorite things of Smash. You start they fixed it in the Switch port, obviously. You had to unlock them. It was still a bit crap the way they did it, but oh that was the other thing I was gonna say. Fuck right, I just remembered because if you look at Weapon Master mode, it the DNA of that Weapon Master mode, they literally just reused Weapon Master mode for Smash Brothers on the Switch because uh, Namco did that one. Yeah, I was playing Weapon Master mode, and then I was thinking, shit, this is very similar to the uh, the Smash Brothers, uh, the Wii, uh, the Wii, the um, Switch uh, version, where they had the the story mode where you like, I can't remember what it was called, but you go around doing the challenges, and I was like, this is, they literally just took the soul, like, this is how good this formula is from a game from 
how long now? Like uh, 19 years ago, whatever it was, my master. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a game from 19 years ago. This is how much it holds up that they literally just took Weapon Master mode from Soul Calibur 2 and put it into a modern game, and people loved it. I loved it. I, I was really enjoying it. I was like, shit, where am I? played something like this before Where i was like I oh seen yeah this before so kind of a, it's literally so kind of, all they added was you know they just added a couple things and it's like the formula is exactly the same and that just shows you how well this mode holds up well that's the thing everything about this game still holds up it still looks good it still plays well and the music was incredible at the time really good i, I like it, the pirate music on the yeah. pirate level it was it was solid it was it's a solid game like literally you could go out and get this now like i said you've been playing it recently and it still holds up which is the graphics what you actually want. look good still they yeah. it. it it could literally be a, a free early 360 game like the graphics look that good in it and that that crisp well that's you upscaled it a bit I, I couldn't believe looking i was like wow these graphics do look still really good uh, what is it with Namco and having fantastic graphics? We were saying, we commented the same thing on Tekken 3. It, it looks like a PS2 game on a PS1. And yeah. this game looks like a generation ahead. What This this company was just so good at making completely classic fighting games. It, it was, yeah, it was a phenomenon at the time. And it, it, was, it, it just fucking blew my mind how literally, it, how much it holds up. Like literally like Tekken 3, where it's just like, they just make these timeless games. And then, you know, then they fuck it up with, Subsequent entries is what, which is what they do with a lot of their series. Like Tekken Four was uh, shite, <laughs> <laughs> really shite. Tekken Five, they sorted it out, brilliant. But uh, I don't, I'm not sure about Soul Calibur though. I don't know. Was there a bad one? Because I haven't played. Well, I sadly, six, I never, I, I never then played the Soul Calibur series after this, just because it kind of just fell off a radar. I don't know whether I yeah. was just bought in originally because of the whole link thing, because when it went. <laughs> But no, I did, don't get me wrong, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I just didn't follow yeah. on with the series because I had other games to play. And Put Zelda knew, in it and you're in there straight away. <laughs> where was it? It was a PS3. It was Soul Calibur 3. They had the PlayStation version had... Darth Vader Darth and Yoda. Darth Vader and the 360 that's, version had Yoda. But that's the, jumping the shot. That's too far. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit silly. But the game, but Nintendo never had their own version, did they? So that was it? No, no, because they had the Wii at the time. And I know yeah, they, I mean... They've, oh, they've re-released this since. Um, 2013, right? I think it was. Yeah, 2013, but everyone was in apart from Link. I was like, oh, fucking ah, Nintendo. That's the best bit. <laughs> especially like, for you. Especially for crazy. me. It's like, yeah. fucking Nintendo. We'll just put Cloud in there instead. Yeah, that would have been good. It's, it is crazy how Yochimitsu is in this game. And he fits absolutely fine. Well, that's thing. He probably fits more in this than he does in freaking Tekken. Yeah, yeah, because he's got so- he's the only character with a weapon, I think. A freaking sword, yeah. I'll just slice thought, everyone. Yeah. Uh, that was one thing I was going to say about Yoshivisu. It's like I tried playing as him. I, I don't like playing as him as much in this. I like playing as him in Tekken because he's funny, but I don't really like playing as him in this. No, because I suppose again, it's like just a guest character. It's like trying to use a Kuma in Street Fighter in Tekken. Yeah, on Tekken Seven. It is really cool that they um, managed to fit in. Some of the old characters under under pseudonyms, like they had the assassin. I think was literally what was that guy in the uh, uh what was his bloody name? Uh, Hwang from yeah. the first one, and then Berserker is our boy Rock. That's literally his move set in Soul Calibur Two. That's just it, just with a different skin. It was so cool because Rock was he was my main. Like yeah. you, I said, you said your main was Link and Nightmare and Sofatia. Sofatia. I wonder why that was. <laughs> I just, I know. Was it because of her skirt going up constantly? No, that, that, that was one I, bit in the game that was a bit like a bit uh, dead or alive. That bit. I am. Uh, I am a nice human. Okay, I'm a nice human being to a point. <laughs> yeah. This... Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll believe you. Oh, yeah, but thank then you. Well, there were some characters like Astaroth. Like the thing is, there's, like there's literally three characters that I think are a bit crap. I mean, there's um, I mean, then there's Cassandra, which was Sophia's daughter, which was a bit weird. It's just like the same character, but yeah, it was. it's her daughter and her. And well, Sophie the... wasn't meant to be in the game. She was, yeah. she was ported in. And unlockable. The one guy I really, because it's weird though, how this game, because we were talking about how in Tekken 3, every character was pretty much new, wasn't it? Pretty much. Pretty much, like, yeah. yeah. Pretty much the whole roster. This one is like kind of the opposite. There's like only four new characters and then the rest are all kind of from all the other games. 
Well, it's kind it, of interesting. It was a bit of a time skip, wasn't there, from two to three? So that was how they got around it. Like, I know when you, you, you do time skips, you can do this sort of thing. So, like, when the new mm. Mortal Kombat comes out, how's that going to look? Is that going to be a, a you know a prequel time skip? Because they did that with Mortal Kombat 10, there was a time skip, and you can have it was a whole new roster, really. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty interesting that I did that. But then, like, I really did. That was one character I forgot to play as, but I remember really liking it. I really like Raphael. He was the protagonist guy. for this one. Was, it, was he meant to? Be? Oh, yeah, because he doesn't even get it at the end. And it's like, yeah, a, yeah that is kind of cool. And then Talim as well, which I thought was kind of boring. And then Yong Song was literally just Ho Wang. And then yeah. you said you didn't like Necrid, but I think that I liked Necrid, but I think he doesn't kind of fit in the game because he's no. got like fucking, he's got like lightsaber axes, pretty much. Yeah, he has. And it, it was like, he was, he's only ever been in this game, never to be seen again. It was a cool character, there. and I was oh, that's what I was saying. Like, there's, like, there's not many characters I wouldn't want to play as. Like, I'd always like just run on rotation. Asteroff, I really like. I like all the big slow characters. Yeah, then, I think yeah. that's. I think I, I don't know why I like Nightmare. I think it's because I love Siegfried as well back in the original. Yeah, um, and then because I miss Soul Calibur, I didn't realize that uh, when I was playing Night as Nightmare in this, I was like, "Who's in, where's Siegfried? Oh shit, this is Siegfried." Is, yeah. yeah, the. And it, it's kind of weird how he looks like. Um, oh, do you have, did you ever play Warcraft Three? No. Ah, oh, he looks like Arthas. I wonder if there was a them. There's like the main one of the main characters in Warcraft Three. I've been playing it recently. I was like, shit, they look really similar. <laughs> I wonder if there was a bit of yeah, cross pollination there. God, like cross pollination. Nation. See that we we te- we do teaching on this show. We're very uh, in depth here on this show <laughs> on Retro no. Wars. Oh, but then there was Cervantes, which was really cool because it was like, like he had the double sword. I really like that move where he could like whack you up in the air. And that, that was the other thing about this game. Like Namco did really well. They like every game they had always had ridiculous amounts of air juggling. Oh yeah. They like, they love an air juggle. They love I mean, an air yeah. juggle. I mean, I'm terrible at it, but like when you watch people who are actually good at these games, it's like, you can just literally like infinite someone to death <laughs> with like, is... one launcher. Could you imagine that in real life? If someone launched you in the air with a sword and then kept using a sword to balance you in the air without killing you, just with constantly killing just, you or cutting off a limb, it would be absolutely ridiculous. Oh, the, yeah, I was just going for all the characters because then we got Killick as well. Do you remember that one? The guy with the stick. Oh, yeah, he was pretty cool. That was one my friend always played because he was like the only anti nightmare character because they both got the, the same sort of range. Yeah. And then it was Nunchuck Boy, which I didn't. I, I used to really like the, the Nunchuck guy in the first game, in the Soul Edge. That's the one I used to always play in that game, other than Brock. Good and of course, one one of the best characters, Mitsurugi, the uh, samurai guy. Oh, he's a staple, isn't he? We'd be uh, remiss if we didn't mention him because he um, and then he just basically reminds me of the guy from Onimusha. Yeah, hundred percent. Got he the same like, armor and that. Yeah, I always thought he was going to be the main protagonist. Um, he kind of was. I swear he's on the box of the new one. I played six. Six was fun, but like, uh, yeah, I didn't play any of the ones before that. But six was alright. It had the Witcher guy in and stuff. It was a bit weird. Oh yeah, the last we, one, like last one I want to mention though is Voldo. We gotta talk about Voldo. I know we did a little bit, like fucking weird. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna finish on Voldo. All right, so we're gonna finish this on fucking. We finish on Voldo because I'm just I just want to state how weird it is. There's this fighting game, but you know, mostly gonna be targeted at a teenage audience, and there's literally an eyeless gimp. Yeah, there he's is. Like a, he's, he's like wearing a gimp, gimp suit. He's bald. He, he's got no eyes. It's horrifying. He is wearing a gimp suit, and he is a what is terrifying character. What is it? You know, what, I'm going to click. We're going to find out live on the podcast. What is the deal with Volvo? Here we go. In, where is his like backstory? Is he like some sort of assassin that has no eyes? I have eyes? no idea. I have not. What, why does he have no eyes? Uh, why? Why is he wearing a gimp suit? And why, why is he, he wearing talk? a gimp suit? Why do you think? Oh, today's decor. I'm going to put on a gimp suit. And he go, yeah, but he doesn't talk. He just goes, it's fucking horrifying. Unless he's he was a out when I was a kid. Maybe he's a kid. He said he's an assassin. I was like, why is he a blind assassin? Why is he a blind assassin? That's the that's the important thing. I didn't find out any of it. It's too long to read while I'm talking. <laughs> is it oh, something something to do with his gender? Or maybe his gender. Oh god, maybe he's a maybe he's just some sort of um, what do you call him? A eunuch? Maybe it's so, it's Italy. Valdo, right? I've got Wiki open. Good old Wiki. Go on, Go on then. I want to find out finally. This is this is how <laughs> much research we do in this show. It just never occurred to me to look, and I'm thinking, what is the deal with him? I want to know now. He's a mess, isn't he? It's it's horrifying looking at him, and he's like an arch his back and so he's very flexible. 
I just realised he's got his bum showing as well in this picture. <laughs> Why not show his bum? We sure um, we got Ivy's ass. We got some sexy Volvo. What kind of a Volvo? And that's why everyone just accidentally called him Volvo. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. He was part of. It doesn't really say what why he that's is. What, why he is? Yeah, that's why I was reading. He's, it, he's just really... there. Well, can, can, I wonder why. Just tell me why he's got no eyes and why he wears a gym suit. I just want to know that. That's all I want to know. No, doesn't say. In Soul Calibur yeah. 4, this, in Soul Calibur 4, his cool. concept even had a ball gag. Fantastic. Hot. That's hot. I like that. But it, Should have gave Ivy one. This was not included, <laughs> possibly due to the offensiveness or avoid a higher age rating. Why yeah. do you think? Why do you maybe, think that? Maybe he was intended to be Ivy's um, sub, sub. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> she was meant to be, maybe she took his eyes out because she enjoyed it. And then that was like a little gimp. Now, for those who don't know, you know what Volder looks like. Listen, this is what it says on Wikipedia. Most of his costumes cool. also include either other fetish elements, such as spikes, strings tied tightly around his body, thongs revealing his buttocks, and parts of his costumes are made from see-through fishnet. <laughs> like Marilyn Manson. What a way to finish this podcast. I was about to say, of all the ways I saw this podcast going, I did not expect us to be talking about Volvo's uh, Volvo Voldo's arse. That's just not right, is it? There's something wrong with that. That was one thing I did not expect to be talking about. So, you know, Voldo's arse aside, that's not going to get a minor score from me. But if you had to score the usual out of 10, how would you how would you rate it? Ooh, uh, it definitely holds up. It's definitely still good. Uh, I'd probably give it a nine. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was going to give this a nine as well. What is it with Namco and just making these timeless fighting games? Well, hang on, I wouldn't be careful because I'll be doing Tekken One at some point. So that's, oh god, <laughs> yeah, I know. A mate messaged me this morning, so can we do Tekken One? I was like, you bastard. Tekken Two is good, but it's, Tekken Two is like the middle, the middle spot. Yeah, but it ain't one, is it? That's what's gonna hurt. The ones, me. ones like I hate it because oh god, the ugh, getting up off the floor is so slow. No, don't, don't. We'll, we'll, We'll cross that yeah. when we come to it because and high it, she's a midget in it, which makes me laugh. Oh, damn. It's nothing. Exactly. Shut up! Don't get me wound up. <laughs> I, I this is a happy podcast. You're, ready, you're like every podcast we've done recently has been a good happy one where we didn't have much negative to say. But uh, no, once you check one, <laughs> we do. We need to have. Well, we we uh, you know I'm not going to go any spoilers for anyone, but we do have a set list that we're going through, and I'm sure at some point we are going to have a rant and rave. Oh no, we will. One of the ones you've given me without spoiling anything, I'm going to kill you for. And you know exactly which one it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You are ripped for that one. But for now, Mm. let's just stay positive because this is a good game and I like it. And I always want to say, you know, it's been a pleasure talking with you, my friend, even though we get onto, you know, gimp suits. It's a great way to finish this show. And as always, a Mm. pleasure. It was lovely talking about gimp suits and Ivy's uh, big mummy milkers. (laughs) Bastard. I I like (laughs) it. And that was Soul Calibur 2, and I want to say thank you very much to everyone for listening. I hope you've had a good time. Thank you very much, Jake, as always. Make sure you go follow on his social medias. And that's it until next week. Follow me on the Patreon if you want to get involved in the letters, if you want to get involved in Revive or Die. And until next week, you look after yourselves, and I'll see you all then. Take care. Bye-bye.